how it is. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the 503 for the Fans podcast. This is Noah, and you guys will be listening to episode 5, where I'll be hosting a special guest today, the host of the Four Seasons NBA podcast, Zach Noble. Make sure to check out his podcast, they're great, and follow his Twitter at Zach Noble. And make sure to follow the podcasting network I'm a part of at Pulse Pod Network. That's their Twitter. And follow their website at PulsePodcastNetwork.com. You can find my podcast on there and many great other podcasts as well. And make sure, and don't forget to check out Jersey Express. We are currently in a deal with them. You guys can use our code Pulse to get 10% off high quality NBA and college jerseys. I'm talking about high quality at the best prices. Make sure to use the code Pulse. So let's dive right into this episode. How are you doing today, Zach? Doing awesome, right? Nowhere I'd rather be than talking hoops right before a couple of games tonight. And I love when there's only three games that I can focus on just the, the yeah, game I mean, at hand versus four or five screens at once. Yeah, I mean last night, uh, last night's slate was just insane. I mean, <laughs> the there were so many close games. I mean, Paul George had 25 in the fourth. I mean, it was a crazy NBA night last night. Yeah, it was amazing. Me and my partner, we went about 30, 40 minutes on top of a guest just talking about last night's slate, and that was one of the most fun nights of the season for sure. I mean, a uh, couple games that went down to the end, one overtime, and a lot of big performances. You got LeBron's 14 straight points and 20 in the fourth, and oh yeah, a lot gosh. of big performances. Steph's as well was unreal. Yeah, yeah, Steph is... um. I, I, I've seen some people saying that he's the MVP frontrunner. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, uh, so my stipulation, he would be the front runner if he's played a couple more games. Um, he'll probably get there soon. Right now it's Giannis for me, hands down. Um, Steph's probably coming in around three with um, Joel Embiid right there as well. Um, but Steph, I mean – if he plays 60-plus games and the Warriors find a way to win 65-plus, I think there's no other way than him being unanimous. I think he's got this in the bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have a question, though. There's a lot of questions on Twitter saying that if KD never came to the Warriors, Steph would have at least two more MVP seasons. What, what do you think? I think there's a great chance of that, absolutely. KD's taken away from um, his MVP. I mean, he definitely would have two finals MVPs, not guaranteeing they would win, um, but I, I still think they'd, they would have won these titles with or without KD, which is just crazy to think. Um, yeah, how good just, yeah. and, I mean, what, what, what do you think? Are you stand by that? Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Portland Trailblazer fan. I, it, it hurts me to talk about the Warriors because <laughs> I just don't like I don't like them. It's just a Western Conference rival. Um, they've kicked our butts ever since they've been this like this good in the league. Um, I, I like Steph. I think he's not as cocky. Um, I, I I don't like KD as much, but I do think if Steph if KD never came there, I do think uh, unless Steph never got hurt, he would be putting up pretty insane numbers. Like he he, he puts up insane numbers now. But like he would be like off the top like numbers. I I wouldn't even, I couldn't even imagine how he would be without Katie now. I mean, Katie definitely helps their team overall as like as a dominant, but like Steph is definitely way more valuable to their team. Yeah, this is definitely the best Durant's been I think since his MVP season. The numbers he's putting oh. up, his three point percentage is a little down, but everywhere else, I mean, he's been amazing. Uh, last year when Steph went down, they 
they struggled a lot more than he did this year. I mean, he just took off. Um, oh, but yeah, he had a couple of games that, this year that were crazy. Yeah, he had three, I think, 48-plus games, 48-point-plus oh. games in a row. Oh, my. Yeah, let's talk about this. Um, How did you get started into potting? So, like, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you got it. Honestly, it was really random. Uh, I, I've been wanting to get into it forever. I mean, the last three, four years, I'd say. Uh, probably the Bill Simmons and Joe Rogan uh, were my podcasts I was following that got me interested in podcasting. And um, the more and more I learned about it, the more I thought it'd be my way to break into the sports and media industry, and uh, which is such a competitive industry. And I've always had a goal of uh, being in the NBA world in some form. Um, and I've kind of I've represented players um, overseas a little bit. Uh, been close to landing an NBA guy here or there, but never really had my chance and landed it more in the NFL world. But I ran into uh, my partner when I moved to Kansas City, who is a writer for the NBA, Ryan Majesh. And the rest was history. I mean, we both really wanted to start one and um, decided just to just go for it. Yeah. yeah, we've been doing it for about a year and seven months now. And, um really happy with the way things have been growing, and it's been a lot of fun, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, it looks awesome, man. I mean, I saw that you uh, interviewed uh, one of the Blazers head writers, Jason Quick, and I've been I've been listening to him and reading his uh, articles for a long time now, so, I mean, that's awesome. It looks like your podcast has been really on the come up. Appreciate that. Yeah, we've had over 70-plus guests. Um, we're on show number 85 now. We've had um, Myers Leonard, uh, Caleb Swanigan, and, I'm hoping to get a couple Good more ladies. Blazers here before the year's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about, like, uh, your favorite team growing up. Like, who who did you watch the most when you grew up? Yeah, I'm from Minnesota, so born and raised a Timberwolves fan. Um, I had season <laughs> tickets every single playoff year in the KG run. Um, I can honestly say I was at every playoff game during the KG era. But, yeah, I'll never <laughs> veer away from my Minnesota sports. Yeah, we were over there when uh, I don't know his name, but the guy, the, the shirtless dancer, he uh, like <laughs> the yeah, biggest yeah. fan. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I loved that. Um, I forget the guy's name, but yeah, that was classic. Everybody should look that up. <laughs> yeah, he, his remake was was like top notch. The funniest thing I've seen. <laughs> yeah, him and his sons. It was it was quite quite a show. Um, let's talk about some Blazers though, since this a this is a Blazers podcast. Um. They've been struggling of late. Uh, give me your thoughts on them. Like, what's your that? What's your like? Who's your biggest surprises from them, and what's your like lows on them, as I could say? Yeah, you got it. So, um, I've the Blazers have been the, basically the exact same for me. I've felt the last three years to make put things into simple terms. Um, but I mean, they they've been growing with the growth of basically of Damian. Um, and Yusuf Nurkic, um, those have been the two guys that have grown. CJ's been CJ the last two, three years now. Um, he is what he is. Uh, Al Farouk and Mo Harkless, they are what they are. They're all important players. Um, this year I was super excited. Like about 10 games ago, uh, Evan Turner, <laughs> they're finally finding his way how to use him. And then Myers Leonard uh, getting the time he deserves and needs and they were using him, and he's stroking the ball like no other. Like it was a leading the league, right? Yeah, for a five-game stretch, he was like sixty-three percent or something absurd <laughs> like that from three. 
and for so many years, Terry was having a tough time playing him, which really drove me nuts because his game fits perfectly in the league and uh, just needed Check a guy five. that needed time. Yeah, exactly. And so he was 19 when he came to the league. You know, I I love Terry Stotts, um, but I've always had a little bit of a vendetta that uh, he didn't play the right players at the right time. I, I he tinkered with lineups a little too much, so guys had a tough time getting in his groove. Um, but my biggest thing right now, the bench, I feel like it's more so on the bench. It's kind of falling apart from the hot start of the season. Um, they're not coming, bringing the same amount of energy and, I mean, scoring they were at the beginning of the year, so that's why they're, they're struggling right now. But I, I really think, um, I actually predicted the Blazers to miss the playoffs at the beginning of the year, even though I said they'd be right there on the cusp. Um, I had to pick somebody, and I just thought um, after that playoff series last year, this would be the year, and um, I really like Zach Collins, but there's not a whole lot of other room for growth unless you play Myers Leonard and Nick Stauskas and give them the minutes to grow um, in those roles. So I really think they need to split up Dave and CJ. Uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of talent out there to do that, and I think there's opportunities. But yeah, I, I just I'm not happy with what's going on right now because no, yeah, no, they were they were rolling. I mean, I thought they were just going to be a great regular season team again, and not everybody can win the championship. There's only one winner every year, so I don't know. What are your yeah. thoughts? Where are you at? Um, my my thoughts. Um, I'm I I totally agree with you on the bench, and I think they thought they were going to get a little more out of uh, Seth Curry. I mean, it's early in the year. It's what 25 games into the year. Um, I think they thought Seth Curry was going to get give them a little more. I think that's what, what's hurting us right now is Napier. Sebastian Napier was giving us a lot last year. I mean, he had his moments where he turn over the he would turn over the ball, but he was creating a lot off the bench for us last year. And I think Seth isn't as much as a creator as uh, Napier is, but he's more of a pure shooter, and I, he hasn't found that pure shooter touch so far with the Blazers. So I think he, uh, his Success would help this team a lot if he could hit at least one or two threes a night, and that's that's asking a lot from him. But if he could do that, we we would be in a solid position. I mean, Damian Lillard's been playing his, I mean, he's been playing like he has for the past his whole career. Honestly, he's doing what he needs to do. He needs his help. I mean, the, this team struggles a lot because when Dame and Nurkic have a pick and roll game, the the center is hedging so hard on Damian that he has to make a pass that doesn't create anything. They're doubling yep. him so high on like uh, above the three point arc that he has to pass just like to a non scoring position player, you know? Just it they have to find a way to find a different way to like score if their if teams are gonna hedge him that hard because we're and that might have to come through a trade. That might have to we might have to get a guy like Otto Porter. I mean he his money is ridiculous but I mean Guys like even like Harrison Barnes, like I like him a lot. He would fit Blazers pretty well. I mean, this we need. I think this team is either gonna split up or we need to add a player like a three, just a, a wing scorer that can play, that can shoot consistently. More he can shoot more consistent than Aminu and Harkless, but he can bring the same amount of defense because Aminu and Harkless' defense is out. Like they're probably top 20, top 25 wings in defense. I would give them that. And yeah. 
Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, Amita's an elite defender in this league, and it's just his offensive game. I mean, if he's not hitting our shot, if he's not hitting his threes, this team becomes very one-dimensional. And I, just like you said, I mean, if it continues for this year, I would agree with you. I would I would split up CJ and Dame. I mean, you could get a lot of talent for CJ, and <laughs> you could probably get more talent than you have. So correct. Yeah, that's my thoughts on the Blazers. It, it's it's been a frustrating time because they were what like eight and one, seven and one. They were rolling, like you said, and they just hit a spot where they they went on that six game road trip. It was a tough six game road trip against six playoff teams, and they they just had no legs in the last the last three games against the Milwaukee Bucks, the Golden State Warriors, and the Clippers. Oh no. Yeah, when they got back from the road trip, they lost to the Clippers as well. So it, it's been a frustrating time. I totally agree with you on everything you said. This team has been the same for a long time, and it's time to leave. It's time for Oshley to to actually do something. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I really thought they'd be more active in the Jimmy Butler saga. Um, I thought that would be a perfect swap for Portland, um, and but they would yeah, have to CJ? be active. Yeah, I just Butler for CJ straight up. Uh, I think that would have been an unbelievable trade for Portland and totally worth the risk because uh, Jimmy's exactly who they need and he fits perfectly with them. Uh, yeah, but, who, who are some other guys you think that would like be be valuable trade assets? I mean, not on the basis. Who do you think they should go after? I should say. Yeah, I mean, you made a great point with Otto Porter. I've always been on that. Um, the Lakers, they definitely. I mean. CJ or Dame, I know the Blazers would be stupid not to try getting rid of CJ first. Dame is literally a top 10 talent in this league and uh, has potential if he has the the right pieces around him to actually be an MVP, and there's very few players that can say that. Um, So it's just finding that wing. I mean, whether you're going after like an Ingram or a Kuzma, um, but you got to get more realistic. Definitely. <laughs> it, it's tough. I mean, maybe a guy like Torian Prince. Uh, I think he would be okay. a good fit there. Yeah, from um, Atlanta. But, yeah, I like him. Yeah, that that'd be one guy that come to mind. Uh, just even a guy like just a pickup like Courtney Courtney Lee, even just something small like that. I mean, what about like Trevor Ford, Reza? Like that would be unreal. That would be excellent. Uh, but. Then again, he just doesn't move the needle a ton. I mean, Otto Porter is probably the most realistic and best guy that would move the needle. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, definitely. That that tier below Jimmy Butler. Because other than that, I mean, you got guys that fill the roles. And, I mean, you have, you're, it, the Blazers are a deep team. That's not the issue. They're just missing more firepower. They need – and the, the biggest problem is their two best players don't fit together. So – um, it's either you're developing the guys around them, which they're not really working at that. Um, Zach Collins and Nurkic, I mean, we're not sure if they fit together. So uh, it's really figuring out wh- what you can do. And I, I really think it's coming down to C.J. McCollum, moving him and yeah. trying to figure out things from there. There's been some problems. Um, my guy, Eric, on Twitter, um, he uh, has put some things. He's been saying some things. Uh, He's saying that uh, CJ has been shooting a league, um, no, a career low three pointers this season, and he's been taking a career high uh, mid range jumpers this season. And he was suggesting that uh, 
if the Blazers are going to get out of this funk, that CJ's going to need to start shooting some more threes because CJ's been – his game so far this season, I felt like he kind of got away from last year because they switched uh, Evan Turner to the point guard spot in the backup, and that that's what was, CJ was last year. And he's been off the ball a lot more, so he's – I feel like yep. every time he's been touched – I feel like he's been, every time he's touched the ball, he's had like this – Mindset, oh, I got to get mine now because I'm not on the ball as much, you know? So, and That's, I don't know. You nailed it on the head right there. Yeah, see, see that I know he's not a selfish person, but I, I, everyone wants their numbers. I feel like that's, that how, that's how this NBA is. He wants some numbers, and he loves Portland, and I love CJ. He has some frustrating moments for this team. Uh, he's a great player. He, he would be an all star if he was in the Eastern Conference. Um, I, you're, you're completely right. I mean, they definitely need some type of third player that is going to boost them up. I mean, if they need, I mean, Nurkic was, has been playing pretty well this season. He's not what they thought he was, they, what they thought he was going to be. But yeah, you, you totally got a spot on. They definitely need a third scorer. And I think this season is the time to come. And if it's not, if you're not going to do that, all up the team. It, it, it's simple as that. Because this team, you're not. You know, you're not going to probably win a championship with this team. That's it's, it's probably a 95 percent chance that we don't win. <laughs> so, so Damian Lillard, yeah, he, go for it. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say the thinking that always gets me. I mean, I was talking about with Jason Quick too. Is uh, are the Blazers? I mean, is the front office and the brass are they trying to win championships? Or are they happy uh, being? just a playoff team and maybe a first, second round exit. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's what I've never really known about Neil O'Shea because I feel like, I mean, for the longest time when he was with the Clippers and right when he got to Portland, I, I thought he was all about championships. But now – Me too. Um, but, yeah, and my, my opinion <laughs> has changed on him quite a bit because the Blazers, I think they're going to, like, if you keep the same team and you just fix – um, the playing dynamics that we discussed, um, the playing styles, because they've definitely gone away uh, from the successful playing styles they've had in the past. Um, CJ and Dame, Evan Turner, they're not they're not playing together like they have um, when they were rolling at the beginning of the year. They've gone away yeah, from no. that. Uh, so with that, I mean, I, I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll get back there and realize what's going on here. Um, and a big part let, of it, they I, can't let it slip up. Right, you got it. They, they, this can't go on much longer because what are they like three and eight? Their last so many games here. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> yeah, a huge it's been Yeah, they were. Yeah, they lost seven out of ten games, and then yeah, so they yeah they've been they've lost eight and they've only won three. So it it's more I think. They they do have the tough they do have a top five toughest schedule before the All Star break and I think that is really hitting them. This November and December schedule is honestly the scariest schedule I've seen as a Blazer fan because <laughs> this coming December and I would say that because this December we tonight's game against Phoenix is I would say our only gimme game of the whole month the whole month and this is what sixteen games we're no we play they play fifteen games this whole month. And one of them is against Phoenix, and that's a gimme. So this is I, this month for them, I would say, is uh, deciding whether or not they're probably going to make the playoffs. And that, that it's early, and that it hurts me to say that because I'm such a Blazer fan. But like, if they can find a way to at least go 
one or two games above 500 in December, I think they will be fine. And they're 13-11 right now. They're sitting in the, the seventh spot, tied with the Mavericks for the eighth spot. And the West is ridiculous. I mean, the first seed is what? Oh, they have seven losses? Yep. I think yep. the first, yeah, seven losses. So the Denver Nuggets, they, they're 15, 16 16-7. So they're, they're right in there. They could, they could rile together, what, six games straight after tonight, and they could be right back into the top five, and then all this talk would go away pretty much. <laughs> so you, you got the, it, but I mean, I, I feel like no matter how they do in the regular season, I feel like this team is maxed out. So I, yeah, I, I definitely. definitely think they can get back to being a great regular season team, and that's what I always think of when I think of the Blazers. Like, if you look at the regular season as a whole, I'd still give it a BB plus on the year. I mean, they're just going AKA through a tough stretch. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> There's the the Eastern Conference counterpart, but I, I think th- things are about to change for the Raptors this year. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Kawhi Leonard has, I mean, DeMar DeRozan's a great player, but Kawhi Leonard's just probably a notch above. I would, yeah, definitely a notch above. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. um, yeah, um, let's talk about this though. I think with CJ, like you're saying, and how they should get split up, I think you're totally right because how much better could CJ McCollum get as a player? Yeah. Like, so, I feel like. Honestly, I thought, <clears throat> Before this year, I, I thought he could get a lot better, and I still think, I mean, if he wasn't paired with Dame, uh, depending on, like, the team he had around him, uh, I'm trying to think of a situation where I think he would be a lot better. Um, let's say, like, uh, East, him Eastern Dennis, Conference. Dennis, Eastern Conference, yeah. I mean, you put him next to Victor Oladipo, I think that's even a better fit. Um, but if you Yeah, put, yeah, definitely. Shoot, I don't know. Maybe CJ put him on their Orlando Magic. They don't start Evan Fournier. He's out of there. Yeah. Um, I think I think CJ could um, be like a 25, 27 points per game guy. I don't think his defense is ever going to get any better. It is what it is. Um, but I definitely think, I mean, his playmaking and passing ability, if he's um, the number two option, number one option even, um, he can definitely help lead a team to the playoff being a top top option i definitely i definitely think there's more um to his game than what we're seeing right now but yeah uh, his his playmaking more so and his uh just overall leadership abilities take a back seat when he's playing next to dame for sure yeah it's it's, it's hard to play two iso guards together i would say definitely oh, hard absolutely. to play that and i feel like cj's kind of tried to uh, put in more of a spot-up shooter in his game, but it's just not really his game, I would say. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the Blazers do. I, I want Neil Schley just to just buck up and just pull the trigger on some type, some type of trade that will just push us ahead of something, you know. <laughs> but that's well. just the wife of the Blazers. That's just wife of the as a Blazer fan, <laughs> but I appreciate. I think we're wrap it up here. I appreciate you for coming on the show, Zach. It means a lot. Noah, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, and anytime. No problem, man, anytime. And before we end this pod, make sure to follow my Twitter at 503BlazerFans, and make sure to tune in for further pods. Thank you, fans.